Good morning. If you are not already seated, you can be seated for the moment. And just with a wonderful song to start, let me welcome you to Cross Timber in the name of the Lord. And it's truly exciting to be here together with you as we gather together for worship here in July. And I'm good to see you. And whether you're here for the however many time that you can't count or you're here for the very first time, um, we hope you feel welcome and we hope you experience the presence of the Lord. And if you're listening in online, um, we are glad that you have joined us as well. Let me just um, make a few announcements um, here in just a second. Then we're going to take time to read from Mark chapter 2. Um, I like to remind you, and I feel a little bit repetitive, but um, that's okay. Um, if you have prayer requests or if you need any um, information from the church, have any questions, um, if you'd like to know more information about how you can serve or maybe um, salvation or becoming a member of the church, just there's a card that we place in the bulletin. It looks just like this. We call it a connect card. It's really just a way to share information or receive information. And so if you want to use that, you can. If you have something we can pray for, please list it on this. And the gentleman will pass the offering plate in a few moments. Just always let us know. If you want us to keep that private um, and not share it over email, there's a box to check, and we'll honor that. But we do um, hope to have as many people as we can praying for the requests that are out there because we truly believe that God does work through our, our prayers. Um, there are several things that um, I'd, I'd like to announce today, and you can find these in your bulletin also if you don't um, catch all of it. Um, first of all, just a reminder, next Sunday morning we'll be having a um, fellowship lunch after the service followed by our quarterly meeting. That's on the 16th, so bring something for your family to eat and bring something to share, and it's always good to have a, a great variety, and the Lord never fails to provide. And if you haven't attended one of those meals, we invite you. Um, it's a good time to enjoy um, fellowship around tables. You get to know people a little bit better, and then after that, um, it's better than dessert. You get to stay for a quarterly business meeting. And so um, all of those things are important in the life of a church, and we just want you to be a part of that. Um, also, next Sunday on the 16th, um, we will be starting a new Sunday school class. There's a little blurb there in the bulletin. The focus there is to teach the Bible, but also to reach out to, to couples. So if you are not currently in a Bible study class, this is um, this may be an opportunity for you. Um, it's going to be led by Eva and Raleigh Ennis, and then um, Stephen and Don McIntyre are going to be in there to help and, um, and serve as, as backups if Raleigh and Eva have to be out of town or aren't able to be here. And that starts next Sunday, and they're going to meet in the Adult 3 class. It's probably one of the easier ones to find. You just go in the doors there, make a right turn, and you walk straight. There's a door right there, um, and that's the classroom. And so that starts next Sunday morning, and um, it's an exciting opportunity. Um, the, the Lord just gave me a vision several months ago about um, turning lights on in the building one light at a time. And that's a, another light that will be lit in the building. And then soon after that, even um, more exciting on top of that, is we will be starting a preschool Sunday school class. Um, we have a teacher She's um, excited, she's going to be trained, and she's going to be ready. And we'll let you know as soon as that starts, but that will be yet another light started um, on in our building as we um, trust in God to bring, um, bring the growth as he sees fit. And then one last thing, um, coming up at the end of the month, I want you to have plenty of time to plan for this. On the 30th, on a, it's a Sunday evening, we'll be having an ice cream fellowship along with um, a talent show. Now, I want you, when you hear the word talent, to not just think that means singing. Um, you, you could act something out. You could read a poem. You could tell a story. Um, 
you know, you, you could do something to entertain us. You could tell jokes, and um, we need you to participate. So if, if you're saying, sing is not my thing, I'm sure you have other talents. Maybe some that we have not seen yet and maybe need to. And so if you would like to be a part of that, and there's already a name written on there, there's a sign-up sheet out the door there on the table. Just put your name on there, and um, you have a few more weeks to think about that. But we look forward to that. It'll be a good time to, to laugh and to, to just enjoy um, one another's t- talents and to um, just fellowship together. And then also, Deborah will tell you more at the end of the service, but um, ladies and gentlemen, there is a, there's a baby shower this afternoon, 430 um, Sostri and Paige Misala that are there, the, the family that's in our resident or in our mission house. And so they are um, expecting a, a little boy um, in the coming months. And so we want to, to bless them. That's today at 430. And so um, Deborah will tell you more probably in a, in a better way, CNN, but I wanted you to remind you of that also. I want us to read just a few verses in Mark chapter 2, and then our deacons are going to come and receive the, the offering today. Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 23, uh, my Bible has that section titled, Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Matthew chapter 2, verse 23 begins, One Sabbath, he, Jesus, was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Gentlemen, will you come? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, thank you for your Son Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for this glorious day. Lord, we thank you for this provision that you've provided for us, Lord, and we'd like to take this time and give back a portion that belongs to you. Lord, we ask that you uh, watch over us, protect us, prosper us, Lord, in your word. We just ask these things in your name. Amen. Okay. We're going to do things just a little bit different. Today, if you don't mind, I won't be singing a very long song. Probably won't. Well, I'll sing a little bit, but not yet. <clears throat> this was my Sunday, my schedule to sing a special. So I pulled out an old CD, actually the only one I could find, and I practiced that for days and days. And I really loved the song, but y'all not going to get to hear it. Why? Because I had trouble. Uh, pronouncing some of those words. So this morning, I was sitting outside like I do every morning, uh, praying and drinking my coffee and trying not to kill the dog. And I asked God, what do you want me to do? You want me to go ahead and sing this or call her or Christine and say, not this morning, baby. But he said to me, 
he said, tell the congregation what happened this week. So that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> First thing I want to say is that I have one son, but I've got lots of son-in-laws and grandsons. I call all of them son. Okay? So one of those sons, uh, he called me Thursday night and said his sister was dying. She was in a hospital, and I don't, I'll be honest with you, it, it seems like it was stroke, but it could be cancer. But she was, she was getting ready to die. And on uh, Friday, they were planning on uh, pulling the plug, so to speak. And he asked me, he said, Dad, could you come and be with me and pray over the, uh, at my sister? Now, that, that sounds like something that I'll be jumping for. But uh, the truth of the matter is we know that family. We've met them all. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure any of them are Christians except my son. <laughs> and it was extremely awkward for me. But I agreed. I said, yeah, I'll come with you. Ann and I went up there Friday. And uh, my son, bless his heart, the chaplain was in the hall of the hospital. I, I, my personal opinion, I don't think a great deal of these people because I've experienced it. But uh, my son introduced me to the chaplain. He said, this is my pastor. I said, oh, no, I'm not the pastor. I said, I'm your, your dad, and I'm here for you. And uh, I keep wanting to say her name, but then you know who it was. <coughs> He told the chaplain, he said, well, he'll handle it. So we went in, and it was extremely awkward, and I was praying all the time. I said, uh, dear Jesus, uh, make sure the Holy Ghost is standing right next to me, because I'm not going to be able to pray. He's going to have to. And we, uh, I'll be honest with you, this lady was, was dying. She, I'm not sure she was aware of what was happening or not, but uh, family gathered around the bed, and I was at the end, and I prayed for that lady. I have no idea what I said because the Holy Ghost was actually the one who was praying. Ann said it was beautiful. Okay, I really don't know. But the point I'm trying to make, the point I want to stress to you guys, is that I really didn't want to do that. That's just the bottom line. But when God asks you to do something, do it. Okay. And so I hugged the I hugged the lady's son, and and he was crying. And I said, "Son, we all go through this. We're all going to have to go through this. The thing I want you to remember is to get true comfort. You're going to have to find Jesus." I said, whispered in his ear, and I did that to one other relative. But uh, it was an awkward situation. So, point taken, uh, do what God tells you to do, number one. And number two, you witness every chance you get. And it doesn't happen a lot for me, but I've done it. Don't be afraid to stand up for Jesus and witness for Jesus. Now, if the praise team would come forward now, we're going to do a little song that I asked for. Uh, and I thought, you don't need to work because you know the song. It's, it's, there's something about this name. Mm -hmm. 
Would you stand and sing with us this morning? King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I'm nothing like you find him. Thank you. 
Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus saved it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow.
have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. We're taking a a brief diversion from the book of Hebrews. Um, It's connected to to last week and certainly to the material we've been looking at. And then we'll return to chapter 5 next week. But I wanted to take an opportunity to continue on just the the topic and the idea of of rest. Um, We looked at um, spiritual rest last week that ultimately we find in the person of Jesus, and today more emphasis is upon the rest that God instructs us to take that is also beneficial not only to our souls, but to our our bodies as well. So let's just go ahead and say this um, at the beginning. 
Um, the world we live in is busy, full of stress, and there's pressure from just about each and every direction. It doesn't really matter if you are young or old, rich or poor, male or female. There is stress in the world that we live in, and people are busy. Even lazy people are busy. You think that's funny, right? Lazy people, but they are busy being lazy, and busy people are being busy. And days off turn into work days very easily. Work days last longer than we want them to. And for many, retirement is less than relaxing. Bottom line, we need rest. If we don't, we experience frustration, exhaustion, even sickness. There needs to be time in our lives where we stop. We listen, we reflect, and we meditate. That we take God at His invitation. Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. That we listen to the truth of His Word. It's on the front cover of the bulletin. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him because He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and in Him I will never be shaken. But the question is, how can we rest and find times of stillness in the busy world that we live in? We're going to find out in just a minute that God provided the formula. In fact, He didn't just provide the formula. He modeled it from the very beginning. And He gives us the choice, the opportunity to follow along with it and see the benefit or to ignore it and suffer the consequences. And we're going to find out, hopefully, that God's formula for rest, formula for work and rest, because work is important too, brings satisfaction and delight to those who follow it. So God has a formula for work and rest, and when we follow that formula, we find satisfaction and delight. So we're going to read here in Exodus chapter 20, the section is the Ten Commandments. We're going to read from verse 8 down through verse 11, and then we'll pray. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Lord, we are in your presence this morning and just as the song testified, there is no one like you. And you call us to build our lives on the rock-solid foundation of the Lord Jesus, to rest in His love, to be filled with His Spirit, and to operate in His power in a world that desperately needs transformation. And so, Lord, we ask this morning that as we look at this principle from the Ten Commandments, that you would use it in our lives to awaken our spirits, to change our thinking, to transform our hearts, 
and that we would walk out of here with a different perspective and attitude toward both the work that we do and the rest that we have. That we would find that your intention is to bring satisfaction and delight both in our work and in our rest. So Lord, give us help by your Spirit and thank you for your work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we talked about the intention of God for His people to enjoy this continuing blessing of His rest. We looked at the wilderness generation that made it all the way up to the border of the promised land and because of fear and unbelief and disobedience, they didn't enter. And they wandered around and died in the wilderness. But we found out that that rest that God offers still remains. And those who place trust and confidence in Jesus find that rest. And in that rest, there's unequaled comfort. There's an indescribable satisfaction. And there is a spiritual rest that gives rest to your mind, your body, and your emotions. That when we find our rest in Jesus, we receive rest that benefits us from top to bottom and head to toe. But this morning, we're going to explore the commandment that God gave in the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment, to remember or to celebrate the Sabbath rest. Hopefully, we'll find out that the principle behind the law still applies to us today, and we'll see the connection that God has intended between the work that we do and the rest that we should take, and then hopefully understand a little more about the benefits of taking time to slow down and rest. There's two simple points in the bullets, and the first one's taken right from verse 8. Remember the Sabbath. It's the command right there. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Just straightforward, pretty simple sentence, really, if you wanted to diagram it. There's a verb, remember. There's an object, remember what? The Sabbath day. And then it tells us the purpose of it is we should remember it. Why? To keep it holy. Now that word reminder means to observe something without a lapse or to hold something as a present and continuing priority. So it's the idea of remembering and keep on remembering. You can liken it to remembering an anniversary or a birthday. Husbands, it's important to not just remember an anniversary, it's important to remember the anniversary this year and next year and the next year and the next year. And so God is telling His people through Moses on the Ten Commandments that they should continually remember without any hesitation this day called the Sabbath. Now many writers will tell you that out of the Ten Commandments, this one is probably one of the most challenging to keep. Why? Because some people dismiss it and think, well, it's really not that big a deal. You know, I, I don't kill anybody. I haven't stolen anything. I mean, duh, everybody knows you're not supposed to do that. But when it comes down to setting a day aside in our week to, to rest in the busy world that we live in, and immediately the thoughts rush in our mind, how am I ever going to get this done? What about this? What about that? And then we think, wait a minute, I'm just way too busy for that one. Nine out of ten is not bad. Number four can just kind of go by the wayside. So it's difficult. It was a challenge likely for the Hebrews in that day and still a challenge for us today. And that word just simply means to rest or cease from work. It's the Hebrew word Shabbat. 
It's the seventh day of the week. It's the day that God rested from His work. Six days He created the world. On the seventh day, He rested. It's Genesis 2-2. It's repeated here in summary form. It's Saturday, or more specifically, sundown on Friday through sundown on Saturday. You see, the, the Hebrew mind reckoned days a little differently when the than we did. They went from sundown to sundown, and we go from sunup to sunup. But the day is still there, the seventh day of the week, and it should be a day that for them would be free from labor, no work. A day that they would be set apart for the Lord. Now, this is not a new command. It's just listed in the Ten Commandments because it's important because if you flip back and read in Exodus 16, you find out they're already celebrating this Sabbath. They're keeping it. And they're reminded there to keep setting it apart for God's purposes. And then you get toward the end of the chapter, Exodus 31. It's a reminder again, above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout all your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. So it's important. It's a continued reminder. Why? Because it's likely very difficult for them to do. And just incidentally, if you read in Exodus 31 or in Numbers 15, you find out that the punishment for profaning the Sabbath was pretty serious. It's death. There was a punishment for, for profaning the Sabbath. So it was serious business to God and should have been to his people that there should have been a day of rest. Still regarded by many Jews today. It's practiced by some Christians And there's two things that we need to pull from this passage about the Sabbath. The first is that the Sabbath was a holy day. It says to keep it holy. Now, simple question. You should have learned this probably in kindergarten. How many days are in the week? You don't sound very confident. How many days are in the week? Seven, right? There's seven days in the week. And so God told Moses and the Israelites to set apart one day, the seventh day, out of of seven and to call it a seven, a Sabbath. So, math. If you take seven days and you subtract one day, how many days are left? Six, right? So, God says one day out of seven should be set apart from the others. So, the idea of a holy day is imagine you had seven coins or seven things. You can pick whatever it is, you know, seven Oreos, seven eggs. And you have those there, and you take one of those, seven, and you set it over here to the side and say, that's special, or that's mine. And then you use the other one for something else. That's the idea here. God says, everything is mine because I created it all. But this one day, this Sabbath day, is set apart from the others. Verse 9 and the first part of 10 tells us, six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It was to be a holy day. It was God's day. It was the Sabbath day. So it was a set-apart day, but it also should be a day of rest. Now, it's interesting, the fourth commandment is not only repeated over and over again to remember the Sabbath, but it also has more explanation than the other Ten Commandments. And that could be a clue to the fact that it was challenging for them to keep. And so after giving the command, he provides some further information for the readers, for his people. Six days for work. God gave us work. The job that you have, the work that you do, whether it's 
at a job or in your home, God gave that to you. It's hard to see it. It's frustrating sometimes, but it's a gift. It's for our good. It's for our satisfaction, our gratification. You were created to do things. Every one of us was created to do. We weren't created to just sit and be. Now, the frustration and toil behind work, that entered in when the fall. So God created something that was good. Man sinned, and the result of that is that the work that we do now is not as thrilling and gratifying as it could be because of our own sinfulness and frustration and toil entered the world. But if you read in the New Testament that when we work, whatever we do, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. I have a friend who is probably the, he's since retired, but he was probably the finest example of that phrase, as unto the Lord, doing his work. Scrubbing toilets, cleaning floors, emptying trash cans, weed eating around a building, as unto the Lord. With a joy in his life, a smile on his face, and a song in his heart. You see, our Job should be and can be an act of worship if we do it serving the Lord. So that means washing dishes and doing laundry could be a a time to rejoice. Sore muscles and sweat after a hard day can bring glory to God. But we have to understand, as author Christopher Ash tells us, that we should work while we're at work and we should rest on our day off so we should not only work joyfully but we should work diligently that the time that we set aside to work we should actually work which is a challenge for many of us including myself because i i have a um a ceremonial doctorate in goofing off i love to goof off and some of y'all laugh because y'all do too that i mean it's just like there's this propensity of this that we can just goof off was interesting. I, I met with Dr. Jimmy Nelson for several years, and out of anybody in, a, in, a, in all the world, I would never, he would not be the person that would say goof off, that he would be, a, he would just goof off. But he would just, he would say all the time, you know, he says, really, I'm an expert in goofing off. And I'm like, I don't believe there's enough time in the day for you to goof off because all of the things you get done. But, you know, we have this God-given capability to work and this need to work and so we're supposed to work when it's time to work and then we rest on our day off there's a connection there that if we work when we're supposed to work when we come to the day off we can rest and if we rest when we're supposed to rest when it comes to work we can do the work and the two go both ways hard work needs to rest young men need to work and young men need to work hard um i never really understood that growing up but I do see the value of it now. Being tired at the end of the day for a male is important. Work for six days. And then on the seventh, it should be a day of rest. There's 144 hours of the week that we are supposed to work, eat, sleep, and enjoy the process. But then there's 24 hours that we're supposed to set apart. It should be different. No work. To rest to enjoy, to worship, remember the Lord. And in God's plan, that work in verse 10 was to 
ceased for the entire house. Rest was to be for the whole family. Spouses, children, workers within the home, even the animals, and any visitors that happen to come by. And God sets this clear pattern, a rhythm of life, that work and rest are both important. That when it's time for work, you know there's time off coming, so you don't have to be stressed out or feel guilty about working hard. And when you rest, you don't have to feel guilty about resting. That you can experience the delight that God intends that He wants us to look forward to. Recently read and completed a book. It's actually a few months ago I read it, but um, it was written by Pastor Robert Morris, and it's called Take the Day Off. I I would recommend it if you are um, one of those people that struggle with the, um, the idea that it's possible to slow down, that you need to slow down. Um, it's an excellent book. It's well-written. He's easy um, to listen to. He's also easy to read. Um, it's chock full of um, solid um, biblical truth and also um, practical information. But from that, you know, in, in my personal life, I've, I've started to, to practice some of these things. And it's hard. It's not easy because things creep in that you think you need to do. And some of the things that he encourages you to do on the day off is, you know, to do things that aren't work-related. So, you know, if your job is, you know, X, then don't do things that make you think about X. Don't plan ahead for what's coming up for that. But do things that make you not think about your work, but also bring joy and satisfaction to your life. Which means if you like to go out and sweat in the yard, then go out and sweat in the yard because you're doing that and you're in, you know, God's creation, you're spending time with God, and you're doing something that, that charges your battery. You know, if you like to play golf, go play golf. You know, if you like to, to fish, go fish. If you like to sew, sew. You know, do things that, are, um, that bring life. And so, you know, we've looked at kind of the principle, and, and I want us to see as we, we, reason, we see the reason behind the Sabbath that it's not just some far-off um, commandment from long ago and we look at it and we think well you know we're not really we're not under the law anymore we're under grace so we don't have to do this i want us to see that no you don't have to you don't have to take a sabbath you don't ever have to rest you know you can never take a day off and you can um you know slowly shave years off of your your life that's perfectly within your freedom but god gives us this rest that he patterns for our benefit and for our good and it even applies to people that you know are are retired or older in life that you still need to take time to slow down and listen to god and let your body rest so that aside second point see reason for the sabbath why is it why should we have a sabbath well god gives us the example we mentioned it earlier genesis chapter 2 the work of creation was complete god looked out over everything and what did he say it's good And then on the seventh day, he rested. Now, that doesn't mean God stopped working. We talked about that last week. He continues to sustain everything in the universe. He watches over everything. His plan of redemption is still in place. The work of Jesus on the cross, um, bringing salvation, and then the Holy Spirit bringing conviction and salvation to people. God's still working. He's still alive. He's still very active. But he rested from that work of creation and he set the pattern for rest work six days and rest on the seventh 
he gives us this wonderful pattern, but he also gives us the opportunity to enjoy that as a gift, as a, as a blessing. So God modeled it, but there's also our need, man's need. Now, at our farm, I have a, a 1950s model Ford 600 tractor. It's, 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 I like it. It's fun. I like, my, I like my little tractor. I don't get to ride it enough, and I, I don't get to use it. But there's two things you always have to remember, and I probably, well, I don't ever remember one of them. Have the gas can ready. There's no gas gauge on the tractor. So it's kind of a guessing game. And time after time, I go out there and I get ready and uh, I crank it and unceremoniously it doesn't start. And I remember that I'm out of gas. The other thing that you have to remember is to disconnect the battery when you're finished or the battery will drain down and it'll be dead the next time. And if you forget, you're either out of gas, you have a dead battery, and you don't go anywhere. What's the point of that? Well, not that I like tractors. It's that you and I need rest. There will come a time, if you don't watch out, that you will run out of gas. Your body's going to stop, even if you don't. There's a time when your battery will become too low to operate. And if you don't rest, there will be consequences. And rest is what recharges your battery in your body. It's what fills up the fuel tank of life. And if you read Robert Morse's book, he talks about, you know, there's really four fuel tanks. You have spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical tanks that each one needs to be filled in some way. They're ultimately fulfilled in your relationship with Jesus. But if you don't um, take time to rest, then you find yourself short on fuel. And while the consequences in the short term may be minor, Long-term, there can be serious consequences. And so it's necessary, it's important, but the Sabbath is not to be a burden. It's made for our enjoyment. And toward the end of of Isaiah, toward the end of Isaiah chapter 58, it talks about the Sabbath. And it says the Sabbath should be a delight. We should delight in the Sabbath And it should be a time to delight in the Lord. That word delight just simply means to delight, to find enjoyment or satisfaction. So we should find delight or enjoyment in resting in a chair, working in the yard, fishing in the lake, playing golf. But we have to be careful that when we celebrate the day of rest, that we don't leave Jesus out. We take him with us. It's interesting, you you can see, even in secular society, this principle of working and rest is is important. And you, there's lots of books written about, you know, days of rest that are written that have no mention of God, no mention of Jesus. But you can rest, you can work, you can fish, you can golf, but just take Jesus with you. Because this rest is made for us to be a benefit and a blessing. It's not meant to be a burden. 
I read it in Mark chapter 2 earlier. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, what had happened by this time, and it didn't take very long, because religious people like to do religious things, and religious people like to follow rules, is the Pharisees and the Sadducees came down, and they set up with a list of, this is exactly what you can do on the Sabbath, and this is exactly what you can't do. And so they had these long lists, to the point when Deborah and I went to Israel in 2008, um, on the Sabbath, the elevator buttons don't work. They have an elevator that just stops on every floor because to push a button would be considered work and you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. The bathrooms, um, instead of having rolled toilet paper on the Sabbath, they have individually sheet, individual sheets already torn and stacked because evidently to pull a roll out and tear off a sheet would be considered work. You can see where the silliness can go with this if we take it to an extreme. But it's never meant to be just this strict list of following rules. It's for our benefit. It's made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's meant to be a blessing, not a burden. And if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in rule following that we miss the blessing that God has for us. In fact, Robert Morris says it this way in his book, the Sabbath is a gift, not a chore. When we embrace God's principle from the heart, it's not law, it's life. And I love that. that it's, it's not legalistic, but it's life-giving. And so when we rest, it should breathe life into us. It should be a time to refresh and to renew, to, re, to revive. But it also should be a time to remind us of what God has done for us, His great love for us. And every time we rest, it should rekindle that love we have for Jesus, who in that Mark passage proclaims that He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Because today, while God gives us the principle that we should rest, the Sabbath to us is more than a day. It's it's a person. We should rest in Jesus. That's why I said take him with you, that we can do those things. We can work in the yard and delight in the presence of Jesus. We can rely on his power and not our own as we go through the day. And whether we're working or we're resting, we can trust that Jesus will be with us and near us and never leave us. See, God loves you, and because He loves you and He knows what's best, He gave us this pattern for work and rest. And He provides rest in His presence that renews you and I from the inside out, that it can be life-giving. And that formula for work only brings satisfaction and delight to those who follow it. There's a promise that remains, but only those that take Him at his promise, will find true rest. Now, as we get ready to close, I wanted to share with you four principles. Um, There is a a gentleman named Daniel Henderson who has a ministry called Strategic Renewal. He's very focused on, on prayer, spiritual awakening, and worship. And one of the writers on his website is a man named Joel Heckema, kind of an interesting name. Um, but he gives four principles for rest, and and really, um, he may not be the only person that ever came up with these, but I thought they were they were too good to pass up, and I wanted to pass them along. The first thing he says is stop. You ever had somebody come up to you and just say stop? You know, or maybe they say stop it. That's what my mom always used to say, just stop it. But you know, stop. 
And that means that we need to cease from our labor. Six days of go, 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 and one day to stop. Why? Because, as another writer said, we're not invincible. You're not invincible. You need rest. It's Christopher Ashe, um, his book, Zeal Without Burnout. We're not invincible. We need rest. But we also need to remember that we're not indispensable. What do I mean by that? The world can make it one day without you picking up the phone answering that email, or doing something. Christopher Ash also says, God needs no days off, but I'm not God, and I do. And if I neglect a day of rest, I'm claiming an affinity with God that mortals can't claim. We have to stop. We have to rest. When you rest, believe it or not, you honor the Lord because it admits you admit your need for Him and you recognize your inabilities and inadequacies. inadequacies. It's a declaration that, God, my dependence and my hope is in you, not in my own works. That's why we enter into His rest when we receive salvation. We find out that, okay, there's nothing I can do. I can't be good enough, smart enough, nice enough, loving enough remorseful enough to be good enough for God. What can I do? I can yield. I can stop working and I can start trusting in Him. And we do that with our rest as well. Another book, Holy Rest by Sandra Dalton-Smith. She says this, Ignoring rest empties me of everything holy. It strips me of the ability to treasure life and peels away the value of being. So stop, rest, delight. I mentioned earlier, do things that you enjoy and that refresh you when you take a day off. Things that make you not think about work. And do things that are worshipful and remind you of God. Work in the yard, play praise music. Work in the yard, listen to to a sermon. Use those opportunities to enjoy His creation and tell other people about His goodness. So you have those three. And then finally, you have remember. It's the first part of that command. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. What do we remember? We remember our life is in God's hands. This time that we are here on earth, the start date and the ending date, God knows it's His. Time itself is in God's hands. So the hours in a day... The minutes in an hour, the seconds in a minute are all watched over and in God's hand. And if God says we should take one day out of seven to rest, we can trust Him to order the rest of the time for us to be able to fit things in. People of Israel saw this in the wandering in the desert. So God gave them this gift of manna. They're complaining. They need something to eat. God, we, we need something. And so they get manna. He provides for it. You know, and, and they pick it up. But the rules were, okay, you pick it up for six days. And on the sixth day, you pick it up, up for Sunday um, because you're not, for the Sabbath because you're not supposed to um, 
pick up any on the Sabbath. It's supposed to be a day of rest. You see the same principle with modern-day manna, um, Chick-fil-A minis. Um, if you want to enjoy chicken minis on Sunday, you've got to get them Saturday because you can't get them on Sunday, right? Because they're closed. Now, that's a funny aside, but the principle that I want to bring to light is that from the time the Kathy family started Chick-fil-A, they made a commitment to stay closed on Sundays. Six days of work, one day to rest. And still, even today, they consistently outperform restaurants that stay open seven days a week with what the, with the business they do in six days of the week. What am I saying? God's formula still works if we trust in it. Six days of work, one day of rest. It's a principle that's based in God's law. And it's meant to bring life to us, not legalism. It should bring refreshment and renewal. It shouldn't bring frustration. It's a gift and a blessing, not a burden. Because God's formula works. That formula for work and rest brings satisfaction and delight to those who follow it and follow His Son, our Savior. Will you pray with me? Thank you, O Lord, for just Your wonderful truth. Thank You that even though in our stubbornness, in our selfishness, that we continually overlook our, our weakness and our feebleness and see ourselves in a way that is just incorrect. We see ourselves as strong enough and tough enough and hardworking enough to just make things happen on our own. We overlook the need for rest. We continually try to do things in our own effort and Far too often we fail to lean on you and trust in your strength. So Lord, we come to you asking, just like people throughout the centuries, for your help in this. Because we're so prone to saying we can do this on our own. We can do this on our own. But God, you show us time and time again through your word and through examples throughout history that your principles work. And while there's no requirement to celebrate a Sabbath day or to celebrate a day of rest. The principle is there and the principle works and it will continue to work. So Lord, help us in our hearts and our minds to see meant two things. To see the need we have to do the work we're called to do and the time you've set aside for us to do it. And the equal need we have to rest in the time that you've provided. To see that those work together not against each other. They should be part, it should be part of our lives as believers, and it's a way that we express our faith in you. It's a way that we worship you, and it's a way that we say to the world, God's still in charge. His principles still work, and His Savior still reigns. We thank you, O Lord, and we pray to you in the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Have a few moments that we'll take together as we listen quietly, as Jackie plays on the piano, for us to just listen and reflect. You know, maybe you've got this nailed down. Maybe this is your pattern already. You know, maybe you're you're hard worker and you rest on the day off and you just do that over and over again. Praise God. I hope that continues and may you be an inspiration and influence others. But maybe you're one of the people that struggle on either end. Maybe for you, work is such a 
a struggle because you just don't want to work when it's work time. You know, and just getting up and going and doing, it's just you're met by this just perpetual shooting yourself in the foot and just distractions and things like that, and your, your work day is not as productive as it can be. Or maybe on the other side, you're just, you plow right on through the stop sign and you just keep working. You know, seven day after seven day after seven day, vacation skipped after vacation skipped because you are that important to your job that, you know, you just can't not do it. Maybe you're on one of those things or maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe you're just trying to find, you know, that balance in life. Maybe you're just saying, God, I want whatever I do, the waking moments of my day to give you honor and glory. I want the rest that I take to show my dependence on you. And I want to live this life that you've given me with power and with purpose. And I want to finish strong. You know, I want to be the most productive, blessed, retired person in the world because I know that I'm doing what you've called me to do. I want to be the best employee. I want to be the best student, best husband, the best wife. The way we get there is to trust in Jesus and to follow the principles he set aside. Maybe some other burden on your heart, something you you need to pray for, the altar's open, something you um, want to just declare before the Lord. Today's the day to do that. As he speaks to your hearts by the power of his spirit, just urge you in the time we have to not pass up this moment without setting things right before the Lord. We're going to listen as Jackie plays, and most importantly, we'll listen to the Lord and trust Him as we respond. Deborah, why don't you come? Deborah needs to remind ladies of a couple of things. So. Okay, first of all, just a reminder that today at 4.30 <clears throat> is the baby shower um, for Paige and Zostry. And um, maybe you haven't met them yet. Um, I, they're, they're out of town a lot because they're still traveling a lot to see people. Um, they're missionaries in India. And um, but today at 4:30, I pray that you'd come. This is this is our first baby born in the mission house, right? 
It's the second? Okay. But still, it's, it's kind of a unique thing for us to have a family come in and they get to have their child here. And, you know, it really gives us an opportunity to really be a family for them. And so I hope that you can make arrangements to be here. She's registered at Walmart, so 4.30. And it's also a shower for men. So if you want to come, Sostri will be here if you want to come and meet him or whatever. And you know what? There's snacks. You know, so hey, it's all good, right? Um, so yeah, you're welcome to come. And um, then also this Thursday, this is it. This is the Ladies Connect with Embrace Grace. And, and I think almost always, unless I tell you otherwise, our Ladies Connect is for ladies of all ages. And so if you have a young girl that wants to come and be here, they're welcome to be there. I think it would be totally appropriate for them to be there. Um, if you need a nursery and you want to be here, but you know you have little ones that it wouldn't be appropriate for them to be in there, please let me know because I have a nursery worker scheduled, but if nobody's going to use her, I don't want her to come. And, um, and so I need to know if you need a nursery, which is fine if you do. Please let me know. Um, so anyway, that's the announcements. Thanks, Deborah. The worship team is going to start making their way up. And just men, reminder, there are snacks. And I've seen them, and they're good. So, um, And it's a great way to hang out and support Sostri as well. And if you haven't met him, you'll find him to be very um, delightful and very enjoyable, even though he, he has a Ph.D., um, but he won't let you refer to that. He just kind of pushes it aside, and he just says, I'm Sostri. So, uh, but you can find out a little bit about their work and their, their love for the Lord and just find out what a delight they are and support them as well. Um, we're going to sing. on the worship. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to the back. But the worship team is going to sing. Um, and I want you all to join in standing. And when we finish singing, um, you're dismissed. Lord bless you.